Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. So, um, Rick, you know that saying crack pipes are not, uh, that's not, we got it all wrong. You know that. Oh, it's our fault? Saki says we got it all wrong. Oh, okay. Well, 30 good. million for crack pipes is not 30 million for crack pipes. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's disappointing. I was thinking of the new hobby. <laughs> no, no. Your, uh, your whole, what even is that? We're going to have to pull... Uh, from existence and oh, because now I could be listed as a terrorist, according to the DHS. That that is still a fact. That is a fact. Yes, that is still a fact. But according to Jen Saki today in the breast briefing room, in the breast briefing room, <laughs> is that what I say? <laughs> thirty million for crack pipes is not thirty million for crack pipes. What what is it for actually? Well, I don't know. She's going to circle back. Oh, fifteen for crack pipes. She's gonna fifteen right. for needles. Gonna, you know, do they not have a PR team? Don't they know he has a son who's got pictures with crack pipes? Is, is it just a complete <laughs> really f deep. you to the entire <laughs> like red team? I mean, are they just like? Is it just enough to? Is it? Are they just trolling us? On a national level. What's the one topic we should keep away from this president, his family, and this administration? <laughs> oh, I know. Here's what we should do. But, yeah. We're going to have a, we're gonna have a big crack convention and all kinds of uh, corrupt you know, dealings with China and Ukraine. Everyone gets a, everyone gets a, uh, a, bribe, a bribery scheme. Well, according to her, it's, we're all we're all misrepresenting what what they're doing. So uh, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, doesn't seem like there's a whole would be a whole lot of support for this passing unless they try to stuff it in one of these uh, in these bills. Who knows? But we'll see. But the the thing you can take to the bank for sure, as we see it happen in real time, or to the crack house, or to, you can take it to the crack house. Is that the closer we get to these midterms? The more, um, the more science <laughs> Democrats are going to find. That you can take absolutely to whether the crack house or the bank, either one. The closer we get to the midterms, the more science everybody is going to find. Yep. Mm. As we see it happen in real time, um, kind of what Joe Rogan said, things that a year or two ago would have got you kicked off social media Got you kicked off YouTube, got you kicked off Twitter, got you banned and probably called some names, is now coming full circle back to where some of us were a year, a year and a half, and even two years ago. I tweeted today an article from someplace about vitamin D. Oh, look at here. Oh, look at here. You know, this vitamin D thing might be important. I got kicked off Facebook for seven days. For posting, take your vitamin D, 
C, multis, and your multiminerals, along with zinc and, and magnesium. I got kicked off for seven days for promoting false health information. I'm not very popular there with my, with my handler. I guess not. Yeah. It's from Business Insider. <clears throat> Vitamin D could be a piece of COVID-19's complex puzzle, according to Business Insider today. And, of course, vitamin D, we've talked about on the show, like Paul said, for at least a year, if not longer. Since Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. Along, with, um, along with early treatment. Other articles about vitamin D. But now business, well, so we're glad they're catching on. Yeah, it's only the doctors and the scientists and the people who have been, you know, kind of dictating policy on all this. Uh, yeah, uh, it's nice of you to, to reach back into the old bag of tricks there and be like, oh, what about this stuff that usually works all the time? Maybe we, maybe we should recommend it. You know, like zinc, which Dr. Zelenko has pointed out, that's basically the magic bullet that gets, gets everything the to the protein the to make sure it, 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 it can kill the infection. But now, no, let's, let's go with some drugs. As a matter of fact, have a crack pipe. Yeah. We should go back at some of the 2020 shows we did on this show. Um, speaking, uh, even back when we had the guy from the doctor from Sweden, we had um, the guy from Yale, <coughs> Dr. David Katz, talking about zinc. Uh, the Jensen, right? Was he one of them from Minnesota? I don't remember. I remember. I remember talking about him, but he was more the death certificates. I thought. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, doctor, what's uh, from Stanford? Ionidas. Mm-hmm. Those early days. Doctor Tenpenny was on. She. Uh, doctor Tenpenny was on about vaccines. Yep. And, and maybe we get a uh, Slick Rick's doctor, uh, Doctor Vinny Boombots. Yes, Doctor Vinny Boombots. We get him on <laughs> and talk about uh, what not to do. <laughs> Robitussin. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I talk about cough syrup, which I guess is the new way to treat COVID-19 on live from Studio 6B. <laughs> None of what we've talked about for two years. Glad but he's that listening. Is, that's a whole other story. I hope uh, Slick Rick's feeling better today. I heard that he might be. He did say he stopped coughing, so maybe the cough syrup worked. <laughs> okay, okay. well, go. maybe we're finding a whole new, screw the early treatment, just get some Robitussin. He had go. this much cough syrup? <laughs> oh, it's a little orange tonight, Paul. It's a nice a little vodka new recipe there. here. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very Mar- good. It's margarita tonight. Oh, Margaritaville, <laughs> wasting away. Here we go. Uh, cut three G. Let's start. Let's just see how um how in real time in front of us we're starting to see everything come around. Everything come around. Uh, this clip is interesting because Jake Tapper tries to press the governor of New Jersey, all these governors now, of course, I got to really watch myself when I talk about Hochul uh, here in New York, because I, I just want to say horrible things and wish horrible things. And that's not really who I am. I don't wish bad on anybody. But, um, well, if you want to whisper it to me and I'll say it, <laughs> I mean, car, uh, car, I, I just, karma's coming at some point for this woman. I don't know when, and, and I don't know how and what shape it'll take, but something, something's coming because yeah. It's just nothing but pure child abuse at this point, what she's doing. She's lifting the, the, the mass mandate for businesses, I guess, tomorrow. But she will not lift the mass mandate for kids in schools. No. And there just are no words to describe 
um, the ire that that should raise in all of us who have kids and does for most of us. Well, yeah. do you th- do you think this is part of the plan to try try and get as many kids sick as possible? Because let's face it, if you're wearing a face diaper all day, all you're doing is breathing in your own bacteria. You're touching it, it right? You're, you're touching, touching things, it. gets back to your face. Exactly, it's not healthy for kids Especially to be wearing kids. this. And the only way they can justify it is well, if we can show that kids are getting sick, then then we can force them to keep wearing the mask. That, that's that's the only thing I can think of. So I have a friend who's starting a rally for people on Long Island. If it's happening in your, your state on uh, February 11th, uh, pull your kids from school with a note. We will not put up with unlawful mandates. We will not comply with it. Um, we're asking everybody to... Uh, that's Friday. To Friday, yeah, Friday, the 11th, to please take your kid out of school with a note. And if you do send them because you can't get a sitter, send them with a note and saying, I don't comply with with, with your rules. and you know, the best you can, do the best you can. Uh, you know, supporting the protest, support the protest, but... Here's the only thing I'll say about that. And I don't know how much of you guys have seen it. I saw one from the Island Trees superintendent. I saw one from the Smithtown superintendent. I saw a couple from... An, a, there are some superintendents on Long Island that have made pretty aggressive letters to the governor and to the state legislature that have been out there that I, that I was actually surprised to see. The Island Trees one, I don't know that district at all. I don't think it's in Suffolk County, New York. No, but that's, it's, no it's uh, Nassau County. That's, oh, it's Nassau well, I County. Went, I went to that high school. It is very aggressive. I mean, I'm talking like enough is, they say, he says enough is enough. This is the superintendent of schools. So there are some schools on Long Island that are saying, you know, this is enough of having our hands tied here. It's time for you to, to, li- to say, leave it to the individual just districts to decide this. So she is getting, she is getting some pushback. From some of these superintendents, which I got to tell you is more than I thought is almost surprising to see, because I would have thought a lot of them would have just sat on their hands and said, well, you know, we'll just wait for the governor. Everybody, everybody has to be safe. Well, you're not seeing that from some of these districts. Well, you know what? And I think what it was, was the uh, the most recent election. Look what happened in, in Nassau County. They got they got a, a very um, a, a, a very good conservative. Uh, yeah. County supervisor. And Bruce now, yep. right. And now all these uh, all these guys have been sitting on their hands. These men and women, are like you know what? I got backup now. Maybe that's it. Maybe that they just needed that that person to say, you know what? I have your back if you want to go ahead and do this. Do you remember the book banning in 1980? By any chance, the scent, there was a big thing on Long Island. It was a huge national news. It, it took place at Island Tree School. That was where that was the the epicenter of the fight. And I remember it as a kid very well. That uh, they didn't put up with. The book banning back then as well. Yeah, there, there's a there's a letter floating around social media, at least in the, in, in in on my friends in New York uh, that I caught it today, and I and the title of it was "Now This Is a Letter," and I read it, and I I tell you, I agreed. It was pretty strong. Wish you had it. We could, uh, and I've seen a couple it. others too. So you're seeing some of some pushback, at least, or at least some fight for the for the kids but i mean she, there there is no no excuse the kids should have been first yeah it should yeah. have been first never mind last and 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 the way she tries to justify it with these cockamamie rules that came from the cdc two years ago when they had no clue on 
you know, she she, she makes it sound like the mass are responsible for the, for for all of the cases and things going down. It as if it's not just the normal way that, that these viruses work. She makes it sound like the mass are the sole responsibility of. She puts these dates out on her on her on her social media. Here's the day we installed the mask, and then here's the date, and here's the number of kids. As if that if they had anything to do with it. Like, is she trying to convince us that? All these kids wear, uh, who are at, almost at no risk anyway, zero, wearing, a, wearing a, uh, a diaper on their face. That's the reason all the cases are down. This is absolutely nothing to do with it. Do you really think she believes that or you think she enjoys the power, the control and the conditioning? I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think it's both. She definitely likes yeah. the power and conditioning and, and, and the, the tyranny of it all. No doubt. How can you? I honestly, you can see it in her face. She chews yeah. on it like you know. She just chews on it like a like a chew, a chew toy to a, to a dog. I mean, yeah. what what other explanation is there to know the damage you're doing to kids? I mean, you know, I keep calling it child abuse. How is it? Not, t- convince me it's not. Convince me it's not child abuse. Convince me all the speech teachers around Long Island who say they've never seen kids, they've never seen cases like this with kids five, six years old who can barely form words, who are drooling on themselves. Some of the stories you're seeing from these speech pathologists. Tell me it's not abusing kids. Tell me it's not on purpose from this woman. It's, it's totally and on others. purpose. It's totally on purpose. Totally on purpose. And you know what? To them, the, the ends justify the means. That's What's right. the end goal? They want control. They want to be able to tell you from their high perch, this is how you can live your life. We'll tell you what to do. This will be the best thing for you. Don't think about it. We're going to tell you what to do, what you can have, what you can't have, when you can travel, when you can't travel, and uh, you'll be so much happier because I'm so much smarter than you. That's, that's, that's the way they think. The only way to keep your kids safe in this, in this state going forward is to not have a Democrat in office. I mean, I, it's almost impossible to think that it could happen, but it's the, truly the only way. Because the first time nine people sneeze, it's all going to be back. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a Wednesday. Dish Network, Channel 219. Pluto TV, Channel 240. Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. So a couple clips I want to, let's get to. Let's get to, um, I'll, well, let me just, well, let's get to Governor Hochul. Cut four, G. Here she is today. Just on a Zoom call, talking again to school superintendents, principals, PTA leaders, called out the teachers, uh, administrators, everybody who's part of that system. We solicited their input, their advice, and I believe that they felt Stop comfortable That's with That's a good support. point, G. I wish she'd say these things on air instead of just in my... You notice she didn't say parents. That's mm. exactly right. You notice she doesn't mention parents because she doesn't give a damn what you think or what control you think you should have over decision-making you should have over your own kids. It's an excellent point. Go ahead. Coach, that it's not reactive... It is thoughtful. It is based on everything we've been doing since day one, and we've done it successfully. So I wanted everybody to have but it's been wrong that since picture, day one. as well as we're developing right now, anticipating that day will come, that we're developing the guidance in consultation 
with all the people I just mentioned, all those organizations, and it's not going to be ready yet because we're going to fine-tune it. Yeah, that speech would have been maybe tolerable two years ago. Hello? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, it's over for, uh, for most of us. It's over. It's been over in our minds. Maybe not for you. Because, again, you think like you're Ava Peron, ruling over your own, not Argentina, and you can't give it up. But it's over for most of us. And stop abusing the kids. Like, go read a damn study. Just one. So that, and by the way, so, of course, she, not, you know, she never gets asked any questions, so why, why would she do that? She doesn't need to be armed with any, uh, she can go and, and spew her propaganda like that, and then no one asks anything. I wish we can get one mask-loving politician to come on this show. I just wish we could get one legit, like liberal lunatic on this show so we could ask them questions. Probably could if we reached found one to reach out. I don't think she'd come. I'd love to have her on. Have we ever reached out to her office, G? Oh, my goodness. The governor. I think we should. We should, we should reach out to her people, day. see if she'll come on the show. We should reach out every day until she finally gives in. I may have to take off that night because... Well, no, I could. I'd be fine. You'd be fine. Just cut my mic. It would be ugly, though. I can <laughs> tell you that. Well, well, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be. Which I know she she would not. She's not going to answer any questions. A conversation would be, or uh, please, it would it would go better than this. Let's put it that way. I'd be I'd be a little tougher, I think, than cut three. Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, went on with Jake Tapper, and uh, Jake tried to get to. A decent point, but just let him let the nonsense go way too long for all that. As you know, uh, most states do not have mask mandates for schools. Uh, have you seen evidence that these mask mandates have been necessary, that the spread and mortality rates in states where they didn't have mask mandates uh, were far worse than in places where they did have mask mandates like New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, New Jersey is clearly the place I know the best, and God bless our precious kids no matter where they are. Please, God, they stay healthy and stay alive. There's no question that masking in our schools since the beginning of the school year uh, has been a very uh, smart public health step. I think we've had just over 2,600 cases of students uh, with uh, COVID positive since the beginning of the school year. That's out of 1.4 million kids. Uh, so it's a pretty stark uh, piece of evidence. I think that this has absolutely worked, but you got to meet the moment. Okay, just, you, well, just, you, just you hold it for a second. So already we've gone here a minute, and he said a bunch of nonsense because there's a million kids in, the, in whatever the cases he said that that all that's all due to he thinks the kids wearing masks. Well, he, he's not really steeped in any science where the kids don't get sick to begin with there, Damon. Come on. This is, this is a politician from New Jersey who's, who's just a billionaire and then thinks he can dictate and, and tell everybody how to live their lives. Don't, don't ask him questions like that. I mean, yeah. the question was, have you seen any difference between the states that did and the states that did not? And, of course, well, we know what the answer is. We've, we've showed you the charts. But of course, he has to lead with "God bless our kids." He doesn't give a damn about the kids, just like the one, just like her here in New York. 
doesn't give a damn about it. It's all about perception and politics. That's it. That's perception it. is reality. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's see. I mean, Jake, I would have hoped to have jumped in already, but he hasn't. So let's see. Go ahead. Always to not undershoot the moment and put lives at risk or overshoot the moment and add more stress and mental health challenges to the system. And we think this plan of a month notice uh, is going to get that as right as we can. Yeah, but have you seen data that definitively proves that these mask mandates uh, have worked? Uh, I, I mean, the numbers you just presented are impressive, but are they different from the numbers in states where they didn't have mask mandates? Yeah, again, I know Jersey Jake the best, but I'm, I'm highly confident, and I'm sure our health officials uh, will, will, could say it definitively, there's no question they've worked. There's no question getting vaccinated, getting boosted, and wearing masks indoors have all been positive health, public health steps compared to the absence of any of those things in the alternative. A liar. I mean, is there a study you could point to? Is there? Is there? It's called called the Johns Hopkins study that just came out and said it basically had little to no effect. All those lockdown procedures and masking had little to no effect. Maybe yeah. he could read, maybe just a summary of it. Yeah, Oxford and the UK government have proven this, this have put out a study showing that this has been a disaster. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, you know, it always amazes me that the host doesn't have, like, the study there and say, you know, I got a study. I mean, wouldn't that seem like yeah, at least more of we- a confrontation? Like, you could at least confront them with some basic facts and saying, you know, well, what's the study that has shown you that this? Because I, I got the Cleveland Clinic. I got this. I got that. Here's a chart. Here, what 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 numbers are you looking at? Yeah, maybe that's they they, they would pick up a clue why 11 pe- million people are watching Rogan or three million people are watching Tim Pool or while people are trying to get their news elsewhere because there's pushback and arguments and debates. They yeah. question each other at all every turn. At some point, I mean. Everybody who hates the Robert Malone studies and more and information on McCullough, how about you bring it on and challenge somebody with it? Say, what do you think of this portion of the study? Where is it? I I, I just I, I can't. This is why these go- and this is why the governors. This is why they get away with this stuff. You know, I don't know if you, it's, it's 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 it's. I don't know if it's equal blame, but I mean, the media doesn't do their job. When they have these people on, they don't do their job. When they have these people on, they let them off the hook. They don't prepare to confront these boys because they don't want to. Answering my own question. He doesn't want to sit there and argue with Phil Murphy and say, well, Phil, could you answer my question? How about that? Can we start with one answer to one question? What have you seen to show that what you did is, has resulted in any difference as if you did nothing like some states have done? He, he can't answer that. He won't answer that. Because we all know what the answer is. And the answer is that it's probably been worse with lockdowns and masks and vaccines and double vaccines and double boosted. And, We've talked about all of this. We know, we know the answers. 
And, they're, and they know, by the way, that we know the answers, but they're just so arrogant about it, they just won't talk about it. He won't confront them. He lets them off with those two questions. I mean, to think a governor could, oh, I only know what's going on in my state, Jake. I have no idea what's going on outside New Jersey. Never seen a study, never seen numbers, never seen a graph. But if it's something DeSantis does, oh, they're on, they know what's going on then. Oh, if they don't like it, oh. the hour live from studio 6b on a wednesday glad you're in lots to talk about paul nolan's here he's gonna do some news here in a second rick delgado's here geo holding it down as always getting the big cpi print tomorrow morning 8 30 as the market and all markets hold their breath for what's going to probably be well last one was 7.1 i believe whether it comes in higher, whether it comes in lower, whether it comes right on the mark, we'll see. We'll see what the reaction to that is. Jen Psaki was asked about CPI. We'll get to that a little bit later as well. As she sits there and obviously reads pre-prepared notes from some somebody. She came prepared knowing that this is an issue, clearly, today. I'll play you that. Um, we'll get to some more stuff about um, our kids and schools and masks and mandates and Crazy Town, that's all coming up, but let's do some news. News is brought, sponsored by 7cells.com, where you can prepare yourself for whether it's Omicron or anything else. They've got great stuff. You can use our code LFS6B for 10% off, 7cells.com. What's going on in the news, Paul? Well, you know, this Canadian trucker is this... Uh, Unbelievable. This is just absolutely beautiful thing. It's it's just uh, it's incredible. You know what's it's, what it's great about it mostly for me is, you know, as a Guys spent a lot of time up in Canada. They are simply the most polite people in the world. Like of any, they just you go there and people are just so hospitable and kind and thoughtful. And and to see this has just been really moving, and it's been uh, it's been exciting. And you know, this is it's pretty incredible that the working class of of rising up against you know this uh, this movement. So this is uh, our, our, your friend John Solomon over at Just the News had Tanya Gaw. Well, he's on, friends with you, too. Well, I don't go out drinking with him. Like, you guys go hobnobbing with big wigs and stuff. I, I've I, never hobnobbed with John Solomon. <laughs> all right, well, you should. You I guys, have read his book, though, Fallout, which is fantastic right here. He, he's just he's so good at his job. Between him and Bannon on this network, it's just incredible. So Tanya Gaw, she helped organize the Canadian Freedom Convoy for the trucker movement, and she's dispelling the media narrative that Ottawa residents don't support the truckers protesting the country's COVID-19 mandates. Uh, you know, this movement, obviously, we all know when it began, when the government started implementing the uh, vaccine mandates for truckers. And uh, she founded the Action for Canada, and uh, she had uh, discussed what was going on in downtown. And she said, you know, it would be understandable that the consistent noise would put out the residents that live there, she acknowledged. What's the greater harm that's being done? Losing your freedoms completely to a tyrannical leader or having to put up with some noise temporarily? And uh, she said it's a very small group, if any at all, in Ottawa that are supporting Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's attack on the Canadian truckers. She told John Solomon, Amanda Head, uh, that they have to look hard to find individuals to even interview who do not support our truckers. 
And she also uh, promoted the Adopt a Trucker campaign because there's been some problems getting fuel, getting food to the truckers. So that's another, uh, it's just another way to help these guys who are really, you know, making a difference. And uh, we're seeing it starting to change. I think we saw in, in Saskatchewan that they're starting to uh, roll back mandates. So these people are doing a wonderful job. And I just can't, you know, I just can't say enough about, you know, how proud I am to our brothers to the north. I'm just, you know, I'm just afraid of, honestly, when they, if this rallies the the truckers here in the States, that Biden will get credit. If someone along the way, he's the one who kind of stops the mandates up in Buffalo and all these through the bridges that come into the States, because this is going to affect us. There's no question about it. So I, I just, you know, I don't know. I just So uh, they've, they've basically blocked the bridge from Detroit into that area, right? It's right completely, right. completely blocked. Completely blocked. And the other bridge is, I believe, the ones coming in from um, through Niagara and those main roads. That was they said was going to be next. That was next, yeah. And uh, I've been through there, and the, the thoroughfares, uh, it's 15 lanes wide. It's just incredibly, so much is in and out of there. And uh, so, so you you were talking to me about a story that uh, yeah, you, you were not 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 very happy with in the way it's. Um, so this is from the Guardian. I'm going. I'm going to read the first paragraph because it's so despicable. It it says that it's titled, "The whole world should be worried about the siege in Ottawa." This is this is about much more than a few anti-vax truckers. Okay, how did can how did this grassroots rebellion paralyze the Canadian capital? With funding from far right and boosts from Facebook misinformation, this, that's that's the title. Uh, what the truck is going on in Canada? No offense to Ottawa, but it's one of the most exciting places uh, in the world. Over the past couple of weeks, however, the Canadian capital has been embroiled in drama. Hundreds of truckers ostensibly protesting against vaccine mandates have brought the city to a standstill. Members of the so-called Freedom Truck Convoy have been bla- blaring horns, desecrating war memorials. And setting off fireworks, all of which happen to be lies. Uh, Residents are being driven to distraction. The police chief has called the situation a siege. Ontario Prime Minister called it an occupation. On Monday, the city mayor, Jim Watson, declared a state of emergency. There's a lot going in the world right now. If you're not Canadian, then then the protest in Ottawa might be the top of your list to worry about. But I'm afraid you you should be very worried. You should be certainly be paying attention. What's unfolding in Ottawa is not a grassroots protest that spontaneously erupted out of a frustration of local uh, drivers, rather an astroturf movement, one that creates an impression of widespread grassroots support with li- where little exists, funded by a global network of highly organized far-right groups and amplified by Facebook's misinformation machine. This is This is the opening of this disgusting story. On the guard from the Guardian, I, I, it goes on and on, and it's just it's so it's a hit piece. It's the ultimate propaganda hit piece. Yeah. But if you look, there's so many. If you search on Google, you'll see hit piece after hit piece after hit piece after hit piece. You turn on like AOL, hit piece, hit piece. Everything has been a disaster, uh, as if it's like this incredibly horrifying movement. And if you look at the videos around on places like Getter. You'll see that this is not what it's nothing like that at all. The oh, people yeah. there are I got, embracing a, I got one a couple another. here that we found on uh, Post Millennial. Um, <laughs> Beth Basich, I think her name is, or Basich, uh, has been doing a lot of filming up there, I guess, and providing footage for the Post Millennial. Um, here's one. This, this person seems like it could be a. Uh, 
Could be a problem. Freedom. Looks up. Looks very scary. All we want is the freedom. Yeah. Someone gonna come running through with a bat and hit them over the head and steal no, them. No, it's just no. This is like it's like karaoke hour out on the uh, on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. How that, that guy's dancing is somewhat menacing. Yeah, so this is what's going. Oh, I recognize that. Now, now remember, they put out an edict that uh, if they hear any horn blowing, you yeah. can be arrested and thrown in a gulag. Well, rightfully so, for, right? For for blowing a horn. There's a couple more after police um, after police started seizing fuel from the Freedom Convoy truckers. A row of gas cans has been placed at Parliament Hill. Stunning, it's crazy. And so the other thing that's been going on is the Ottawa, I guess, police department or whatever they're called, has been trying to um, steal. Well, I'll say steal. I don't know how else. I guess you could call it. They're going to call it seizing. It's stealing. uh, What they're doing. Yeah. uh, Gasoline from the truckers. Did you see the mayor taking uh, credit for on the Zoom call, taking credit for stopping the money from the GoFundMe page. There was a yeah. big Zoom meeting. He's on the vo- Zoom. Have you seen that video? I have I have not seen the video. I heard the story, though, and I do know that some of the... I know Florida Attorney General, now Texas Attorney General Paxton, are all uh, now looking into GoFundMe, who I guess thought better of the fact that they were going to try to keep the $9 million or whatever it was. Um, but now you GoFundMe, I mean, you can never use them. Never again. Ever again. But anyways, getting back to what I was saying about the gas, here's how the people, here's how the Canadians responded to finding out that the Ottawa police were trying to seize gas from the truckers. Cut 9G, roll that. <laughs> okay, here, the, here we go. Look at this. I heard one of them say they can't stop us all. These and people are wonderful. You know, the old strength in numbers here is, what, is what's going to win out. Yep. This is amazing. Look at this. this reminds me of that. You guys remember a movie when your kids were little called The Bug's Life? Yeah. Where they kept taking all the uh, the ants' food, and he stands mm-hmm. up the hopper, and he says, you know, like, we're many, you're a few. And they, this is that. I mean, this is yeah. the only way to beat this is through everybody peacefully doing this. Because there's no way. I hear people saying, no, we must shoot and fight and kill. Who are you going to shoot and fight and kill? Peaceful protest, the only way this is going to work. There's just no other way in a war of optics. Well, this, this gentleman here, Paul, kind of um, echoes your, your thoughts. Right on, brother. You step up. Do you think- step up and do the right thing. Hopefully you won't follow. Do you think others will follow? I don't know. I guess if they want to do the right thing, they will. And if they want to be a-holes, well, what are you going to do?
gone on too long, so it's having an impact. People got hope again. That's an impact. People got hope again. Right yep. As they say in Connecticut, you know, up in Canada, uh, he's a beaut, eh? Uh, he's a beauty, eh? <laughs> well, well, some good news from, uh, you know, you're talking about the police uh, stealing their gas. A judge has ordered the Ottawa police must return the confiscated, the confiscated fuel back to the truckers. That came out late last night. Good news. So that's some good news. And, of course, you know, like you're seeing, you're seeing all these people with uh, gas cans. Some of it's marked water. Some of it's marked, you know, other things. It's like, yeah, you're right. They can't stop all of us. And I think that's, that's at some point, the police are going to just have to turn around and say, you know what, let's just back up. Because you see some of the uh, tyrannical things that these Canadian police are doing to, like, old men. Like, there was an old guy who I had to be that. at least four and a half old. feet tall. Right. Yeah. And they're too. throwing them on the ground. It's like, at some point, uh, it's I, like, I, what, what's going on in these guys' heads? These yeah. police officers—it's the same thing we've talked about here in New York. Like, what, what, what's going on here? You realize at some point it's going to turn around on somebody you know, and then what are you going to do? Are you going to fight your brothers in blue because you don't want them to throw your grandfather around? How about you just don't do it? Yeah, how about you uphold your oath, which yeah, your is, oath isn't is, to some tyrannical uh, leader. Right. It's to the Constitution, not to a mayor. Uh, one more here, G, post-millennial. Uh, the conservative MP Michael Barrett asked for his uh, response to Justin Trudeau. Let's hear what he says here. What are your thoughts on Justin Trudeau's response to the Freedom Convoy? Yeah, it's just, it's so disappointing that, you know, we have a prime minister who's unwilling to just meet with, uh, you know, his fellow Canadians, meet with, you know, neighbors, community members, family members. Uh, this is a country where, uh, where we talk about our differences, and we're supposed to be able to do that in a peaceful way. And so we're at a point now where we've heard from, you know, uh, the head of the public health agency of Canada, we're hearing from the provincial medical officers of health that they've got to take a, they've got to rethink uh, all of the mandates that are in place. So if they can have that conversation, there's no reason why the Prime Minister of Canada, why Mr. Trudeau, can't talk to you know his fellow Canadians about that very thing. So um, you know if, if if the top doctors in our country are are saying that we've got to give this a second look, well certainly uh, the, the politicians should be able to do the same. Yeah. to the hour live from studio 6b on a wednesday night paul nolan's here rick delgado's here geofran holding it down as always talking about the freedom uh, convoy up in uh, canada what we're seeing um let's go to cnn that of a reporter up there just as a little follow-up to what we were just talking about live from ottawa and paula parts of canada are, are talking about rolling back their vaccine mandates uh, saskatchewan for example is this Welcome news to these protesters. Can they take any credit for it? I mean, look, it's more than Saskatchewan. It's Alberta. It's Quebec. This is happening because the Omicron wave is peaking. And these provincial leaders have always said, look, when we can, we will roll them back. Is it satisfying the uh, truckers? Absolutely not. I mean, what's happened here, Jake, is they are looking for so much more than that. They don't want these leaders to even return to any restrictions, no matter what happens with COVID. Let me give you a little tour while we're here, though, Jake. I mean, as you said, we're in front of Park. Okay, so first of all, she sounds like she's an apologist for... Um 
for Trudeau. Like, uh, she's there defending his position. Yep. Like, can you believe these guys? They don't want anything, any restrictions. Like, she seems upset by it. No, I mean, am I? No, without a doubt. Man. She sounds like she sounds like that these ter- <clears throat> terrorist truckers want so much more, like, freedom to yeah. be left alone. And, and and according to this report, now they're looking for, they are demanding Trudeau's resignation. All right, let's see what else she says. Parliament, right? That is Parliament right there. And here it looks more like a tailgate party now going into its second week. They tell us they have no intention of moving. What's been incredible to me is if you look over here, Jake, that's the prime minister's office. They have been parked right outside the prime minister's office now for, as I said, the better part of two weeks. What is happening now, though, is that politicians are starting to get together, seeing what they can do. And the fear that I have heard from regular everyday people, not just in this city, uh, but just around Canada, saying if this is the kind of civil disobedience, you know, that is tolerated, they fear for what can happen next. And that, you know, that fear is real. I mean, consider what happened in, in Toronto in the last few hours. Police say on social media they heard rumors that another protest might pop up, and they had to go to really seal off the uh, provincial legislature there. This is escalating almost by the hour, Jake. Kind of, what kind of reporting is that? Hmm. It's, well, we heard that there might be that the guy down the street said he's got a second cousin who said he might have heard that. What, what kind of reporting is that? What, what I find interesting is if you go back a year and a half to the city of, oh, let's say Seattle, where they had uh, a the similar protest, zone. right? A similar protest where they commandeered an entire section of the city. Yeah, it was a little different because they were burning federal courthouses, well, I guess. It's a little different. And they were different. passing yeah. out illegal weapons right. to their new army. And there was a murder or two several, that happened inside several, the CHOP. Several. Plenty of rapes. The CHAZ. Plenty of rapes. Yeah. Hey, yep, it was the yep. summer of love. Let's get it straight, J- uh, Judy, uh, J- whatever her name was there. Well, it was well, the summer of love. Yeah, but you know what Monday is? It's Valentine's Day, so maybe maybe it's the, the February, it's the month of love in uh, Canada. Um, Nancy Pelosi, by the way, called police going into Portland to, to protect a federal courthouse. Stormtroopers. Yeah. Stormtroopers. Of course. So what's your you have a follow, what's your follow up story on what's going on out there? Well, this this is follow up story. If again. they hold the line, they're going to win. I mean, they're going to they're going to. I mean, I don't know. But, I don't well, know what now, win, I don't right? know what win means, but well, for, uh, listen, Max mandates to take a drug and have a passport is show me your papers. That is, that that's got to be put into legislation that it never can happen. That can never happen anywhere, ever, no matter what. That is, that's because, you know, that you know exactly where that's going to, right? It's going to go to digital currency. It'll be attached to your passport. And it'll be part of your social credit score. All of that stuff is happening. I mean, that they won't stop at anything. And we know Trudeau is a puppet to the World Economic Forum, to Klaus Schwab. He's a puppet to, to these globalist bankers at Davos. We know what he is. He is an infant. And he is a puppet, and we know exactly what, what's going on. And he's crying like a baby. And all the lies in this article, as you read through it, enough to make you sick. But the good news is Quebec, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Prince Edward Island, the provinces have all announced plans to eliminate or roll back some or all measures. For instance, Alberta already dropped its vaccine passport for places such as restaurants immediately and getting rid of masks at the end of the month. But it's nowhere near enough, to be honest. As you read through this article, all it is is one ridiculous statement after another about the swastikas and and it's uh which is a lie which has been proven to be a lie um 
that the, they're harassing the citizens of the neighborhood. More lies, and this is all from Trudeau and and and, and other people in in his uh, cabinet, which, by the way, are almost all connected to the World Economic Forum and and Klaus Schwab and and all of these you know young communists who are looking for global communism. Yeah. All right, well, we'll continue to follow the story, obviously, and it's going to be, uh, it doesn't seem to me that these guys are going anywhere. Nope. They're not going anywhere. No. It doesn't seem to me that they're going to go anywhere. Yeah, especially when they tried to call up all these, uh, we need tow trucks to tow these guys out of here, and the tow truck driver said, yeah, no, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, good, yeah, good luck with that. Right, yeah. they just show up and park also. Right. You know, it's like, uh, remember Braveheart, where the, they send the Irish guys in, <laughs> and they just start shaking hands. You know, it's the, yeah. the, 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 good luck with that. I saw Ted Cruz today gave a pretty good, um, you know, he just said it says it's good to see. They're standing up for individual freedom. They're standing up for, for liberty. And it's, uh, it's inspiring to watch. And there's one coming here. I don't mean here like to the studio, but uh, from what I understand, they're getting ready to start it at the end of the month and, um, and drive across the country and park themselves right in D.C. The problem with that will be, the you know what's going to happen. They are already... <laughs> the <what>? carjackers. <laughs> uh, good point. You know what's going to happen? It'll be Antifa-ridden. There'll be all kinds of... They have so much time to organize. They'll be renting rigs. They'll be hiring communists. They'll be having trucks coming in there with, with, with false flags all over them. You know what's going to happen. It, it will, without a doubt, be co-opted. And it will, without a doubt, agent provocateurs will destroy it and the war of optics will destroy everything canada's doing if that um if what you say rick is true i would also encourage them not to go to um chicago uh cut 13 g <laughs> roll that we started seeing oh. this rise in, she cases, pretty? Uh, really in 2020 and i'll be frank and say um in chicago um, there was a uh, correlation that we believe between remote learning and um and the rise in carjacking. Um, having talked to state's attorneys who were dealing with these cases in juvenile court um, and others, a lot of parents went to work during the day thinking their teenagers were logged on for remote learning only to find something else. And I asked, you know, is there some new market uh, for stolen cars? And unfortunately, the answer was no, that for many of these kids, who some of whom had no prior involvement in the criminal justice system, this was um, pure boredom. Oh, so the kids have a hobby. Yeah. Tell me it's not child abuse. Right. There's a, there's one outcome of what's happening of making these kids stay home and wear masks and, 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 and and the rise in everything we've seen this generation. I mean, it, it has been a full-time job for, for parents to even keep their kids on some sense of normalcy. And if you're not actively talking to them about um, these masks, these mandates, and why you as the parent are so outraged and explaining it to them and how our system is supposed to work and why these are... I mean, that's a, it's been a... I mean, that's been a job in itself for parents to deal with. To even keep your kids in some sense of uh, a regular life. 
So it's why it's so infuriating that the governor of New York can't find it in her. Um, I want to. She doesn't have. Heart. One. I know. I just don't want to <laughs> say it. Say I, just, I gotta. I gotta really watch myself. Find I, it I, in her heart. Good she, luck finishing that sentence. She to, uh, doesn't have one. Yeah. No. That's kind of where I was going. To um, not lift this mask mandate on schools. All right. Hour two coming up. Live from Studio Six B on a Wednesday. from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's got some news. Rick Delgado's here. Gio Fran holding it down. We've been talking about the uh, Freedom Convoy a lot in hour one, talking about mask mandates. Um, And of course, we've been talking about how the closer we get to the election, the more science the Democrats are going to find. It's like finding Jesus. They're going to find science the closer we get to the midterms. Of course, if you see the numbers on Biden's approval ratings, uh, they're not going to find it quick enough to... um, to fix those numbers but uh kyle i'm sorry kylie zempel over in the federalist has an article today echoing this only one circumstance has changed and it has nothing to do with science it has to do with the calendar year she says When the forced masking of children and other heavy-handed covid19 restrictions were enacted it was always understood that they'd be lifted as soon as possible, said expert and medical analyst Leanna Wen. That's one of our favorites. She's the devil. Leanne, I call her Leanne Straightjacket Wen on CNN. Circumstances have changed, she announced this week all of a sudden. The science has changed, she says. <laughs> the science didn't change. Well, this is a total lie, not just partisan spin or good faith following of the science. It's a bold-faced lie, and it's the same lie now being pushed by corporate media, the so-called expert class, and many Democrats as the framing for all their COVID-related backtracking. It's time to unmask the children. Why? Because, well, the science has changed, haven't you heard? Stop looking at case counts because, well, the science has changed. If the people around you aren't wearing masks, but you are, it's okay. You're protected by your own mask because, well, the science has changed. These talking points from Dr. Straightjacket are the same ones now littering the pages of our legacy newspapers and daily circulating the airwaves of the corrupt media sphere. They run beside segments and articles full of performative shock that finally acknowledge the harms that parents warned of. How could we have known? The New York Times, the Atlantic, the Washington Post are suddenly saying it might be time to take masks off schoolchildren. Quote, districts should rethink imposing on millions of children an intervention that provides little discernible benefit, unquote. That's from an Atlantic article. And here's more gaslighting from Dr. Straightjacket when the responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed 
from the state or local district um, of the school. Rather, it should shift to the individual responsibility by the family who can still decide that their child can wear a mask if needed. Because again, you guessed it, the science has changed all of a sudden. (laughs) If you had one of these very same opinions slapped with a fake fake, uh, Facebook fact check or nuked from YouTube for misinformation, or if you've been steadfastly showing up at school board meetings to get your kids back in the classroom and unmasked after two years of an anti-educational circus, you know the science hasn't suddenly changed. You watched as your child's mental health and speech development nosedived long before the experts gave a rip and that your child had a 99.998% chance of surviving COVID from the start, but you were smeared as a domestic terrorist (laughs) when you said so. You've always known a spike in case counts means nothing relative to a spike in deaths. None of the recent goalpost shifting has been the result of some huge scientific breakthrough. You also knew based on elementary level reasoning that if a certain mask affords any protection from an airborne virus, it must logically protect the wearer, not merely the bystanders. Not to mention you did your homework and knew those flimsy cloth masks required by petty government tyrants and school dictates were not stopping the spread. Both opinions were scoffed at out of polite society, but are now acknowledged as true because circumstances, well, they are changing. Mm. But only one circumstance has changed, and it has nothing to do with science and data, unless the science was an experiment to test parents' patience, and the data is the number of infuriated Americans calling BS on the Democrats' twisted games. The thing that's changed is the calendar year. It's now 2022, and Democrats are beginning to evaluate the numbers, the numbers of months left until November, the number of vulnerable seats they stand to lose, the administration's abysmal poll numbers that somehow just keep reaching new lows, and the number of voters they need to woo in order to maintain their razor-thin grip on power. Democrats watched what happened in Virginia. They watched as the state that went blue 10 points for Joe Biden in 2020 suddenly flipped red when their party messed with parents by exploiting children in their radical gender-bending race propagandizing and pandemic fear-mongering. They've witnessed the approval ratings of Biden and Kamala Harris plummet with the president who promised to quote-unquote shut down the virus moving from nearly 56% approval after his inauguration to almost 54% disapproval now. Harris's job performance has likewise been an absolute train wreck. Meanwhile, grassroots efforts are cropping up all over the country in response to the left's pandemic policies and derision for the little man. Parents who never before had taken an interest in politics are running to unseat school board bullies who sat idly by while mass children have suffered. Americans are leaving their jobs over medical coercion and even donating to anti-mandate freedom fighters in other countries. Even brave students who will soon be of voting age 
if they aren't yet, are respectfully telling their teachers and school administrators, enough is enough. The same Americans who were smart enough to see through remote learning, quote-unquote, child masking, vaccine mandates, face-covering theater, elitist hypocrisy, and the all-in-this-together nonsense, but were once powerless to stop it, are also smart enough to see through the lie that the science has changed. And is absolutely right. Mm. Couldn't be more uh, perfectly said. Yeah, it's not the and it's not the science that changed. It's like like the article says. It's the calendar. They're 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 realizing that the stuff that they've been trying to do to everybody is blowing up in their face, and they're trying to rewrite history now. Now they're now they're trying to rewrite everything. Like no no no. See the science has changed, so we're changing along with the science. You've got to follow us. We're trying to keep you safe and all this. It's all nonsense. All right, Jay. Yeah, just in time for the midterm. Exactly. All right, crazy town time. Let's change direction here. Pop-Pop tries to sound smart for the utility company. Roll it. <laughs> Pop-Pop. I'm just going to make a few brief comments and then ask a couple questions. Unfortunately, I have, a, I have to go, not immediately, but before we finish, and I want to apologize ahead of time. I'm afraid, uh, as I said, I won't be able to stay, but I wanted to come by to thank the... Uh, utility sector CEOs for being here, uh, you know, uh, and hear from you uh, at the top. I've spent too much time this last year flying in helicopters over areas of scorched earth that uh, because utilities were down, because it was going, that, I mean, it really is amazing. And I want to thank you for what you're doing to, to help get the word out about clean energy and the component, one of the significant, most significant component of my Build Back Better plan, and thank you for coming to, uh, to That's speak dead, on That's dead, by the way. We're seeing incredible enthusiasm and support for the effort, not just from you all, but around the country. I mean, there's a real, people are, I guess when things got really bad and made people realize, my Lord, this is real. This is real. This, this is not a joke. I was recently out in, uh, in, uh, uh, in, in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, but to see other parts of what was going on, but the uh, Union Electric, uh, excuse me, the uh, uh, Union Pacific Railroad is buying electric <laughs> locomotives that are being built in Erie, Pennsylvania. You know, we're, this legislation has already been passed. There's 500,000 electric chargers on our highways. And it's going to change the dynamic of how, not only how we travel, but the economy along the way as well. Because, mm-hmm. Any rate, the 17 Nobel laureates spontaneously ec- in economics spontaneously wrote to me me that they believe that this would ease long-term inflation. And there have been, uh, you know, they've been key partners throughout this entire process. But with your permission, I'd like to stick around a little bit and maybe ask a few questions. And again, I can't tell you how... <laughs> your permission. Back up. Four years ago, when I was sitting talking about this issue, the question was, no, no, you guys aren't going to do this. It's not going to happen. No, I mean, for real. That that was the nature of the discussion. For real. But you're here. And so I'd like to start off with you, Pat. If you may excuse me, I'm calling you Pat. I apologize. You can call me Joe. (laughs) It's like calling you Pat. You're the president. uh, 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 How is this Build Back Better initiative going to deliver more reliable and affordable power and reduce costs for if you, if we have it available to you to be able to get the tax We're looking to integrate more sorry, electric vehicles um, into the grid. I tell people, once you drive an electric vehicle, you don't want to drive an internal combustion engine 
Any more? They're quiet and quick. Oh, yeah. oh are they quick? <laughs> we spent some time uh, um, in one of the very, this is how many years ago now, I guess. 200? Three years ago. Uh, <laughs> Close. In a, a very uh, large solar site in Nevada. If you can actually transmit that solar energy on a line to a destination, that is one that can use it well. Um, <laughs> what? As opposed to I, using uh, it on I was out in Colorado looking at the experimental efforts going on up there in the mountains. I was stunned. What? And I'm I'm familiar with wind energy because we tried very hard early on in the last administration I was in to promote that, and we had some blowback. They showed me a blade of a windmill that's one hundred yards long. <gasps> My lord, that's almost like a football. I, I mean, I looked at that and thought, holy lord! I mean, can't fathom. I think some of the press was with me on that trip. It was, it's astounding. You know, uh, I was really excited uh, back in, uh, I guess it was uh, probably... He's taking off his shoes. <laughs> he soiled exactly. himself. Probably 2012, 13, 14. We were talking about major wind initiative off the eastern coast, the coast of... Uh, on the east coast of the east right east coast you know I the coast of the east power don't hold me the number like eight hundred thousand homes <laughs> in new jersey um this and then amazing. remember up in uh nantucket area and nantucket sound and all of these, <laughs> uh, generic <laughs> questions <laughs> are you getting less resistance when you start talking about wind and the, and the windmills i know they cause cancer. I shouldn't kid about that. I, should, I, I shouldn't <laughs> kid. But all kidding aside, I mean, this is going to generate jobs well beyond your site. Uh, and, and so there are going to be people manufacturing those battery storage facilities. People man, I mean, so, I mean, this has such a ripple effect. You know, I hope that Y'all are going to look back on this 10 years from now and say, boy, that time we didn't have any dinner at that de- dining room table. Still worked. <laughs> Why is Washington in a constant spending battle? Americans are so used to the fiscal dysfunction in Washington that many are looking to the Constitution to solve this problem since it's obvious our elected leaders will not. Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution gives states the power to, quote, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, impose fiscal restraints, and place term limits on federal officials. Any one of those three statements absolutely terrifies politicians. This movement, otherwise known as the Convention of States, seeks to limit the power of the government by proposing a balanced budget amendment, term limits, and overall stopping government overreach. Two thirds of the states can demand that Congress consider these amendments on federal power. 34 states must call for a convention Congress then must allow it to happen without control the outcome. If and when that happens, 
through the state legislatures, only a three-fourths of states would be needed to adopt these amendments into law. Many people are getting behind this movement because they are looking for term limits on all of Congress and the Supreme Court, as well as a balanced budget amendment. Think about how many leaders in Congress would have to leave if the proposed term limit of 12 years, a lifetime in politics today, was imposed. President Joe Biden has had six terms, for instance, in the U.S. Senate before becoming VP, and now he's the president. Many just think that is too long in politics without not being corrupted and not serving the needs of the people. I'm Christopher Carter in Washington. 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Good to see, um, you know, we've talked about Convention of States, Article 5, on this show for a long time. Before it was, uh, I mean, I heard Levin talking about it, which really piqued my interest. This was probably in 2016, 17, maybe. I remember after the Tea Party kind of got obfuscated and hijacked, you know, and the media kind of ruined it. And there was a lot of talk about it a couple of years after that where they started to bring up the Convention of States project, which was really interesting at the time. It's just another thing that just got kind of squashed to the side. Like well, to see more of it. it's actually it's actually collecting steam again. We had Jim DeMint on, and um, I know Mark Meckler, I believe, is um, very involved as well. But there's an article today by Brandon Morris, Convention of States looking to limit out-of-control federal spending now at the halfway mark. And he says the federal government has been throwing around taxpayer dollars for decades with seemingly little to no care. The spending in Washington is so bad. Politicians are using your children's 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 money. And there seems to be no sign that it'll ever stop. All clues point to the fact that what we're looking at here is a full-on addiction to spending. That's why many states have now called for a constitutional convention in order to amend the legendary document effectively limiting the amount of spending the government can do. And while it's an uphill battle, it's now reached the halfway mark. According to Fox News, since the federal government can't seem to get itself under control, states are now stepping in to handcuff Washington. So far, 17 states have agreed to a convention with Nebraska being the latest. And it doesn't stop there either. It also seeks to put term limits on members of Congress. The Nebraska legislature passed a resolution January 28th calling on states to begin the formal process to pass constitutional amendments that would limit the federal government's spending and jurisdiction, as well as set term limits for members of Congress. <clears throat> What's driving this as much as anything is overreach on part of the federal government, Nebraska State Senator Steve Halloran said, who sponsored the resolution. The Founding Fathers had anxiety that this exact situation might happen. I don't believe they imagined that it would actually get to this point. Halloran's LR-14 seeks to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of the office for its officials and for members of Congress. In order to call a convention, it has to be agreed upon by 34 states, making Nebraska the halfway mark now at 17. In an ongoing quest that's been in the works since 2013, if it does happen, uh, this type will be the first in the country's history. So, Convention of States, Article 5, 
presses on. Maybe we'll see if we can get Mark Meckler or Jim DeMint back on and kind of. I, I I remember Jim DeMint being on. I think that was my first question to him, if I recall, before we got into his new book at the time. I think my first question to him was about convention estates, if I remember correctly. So, um, all right, let's uh, do some more news, Paul. What's going on? Um, well, there's uh, from Zero Heads. I saw something. I, I apologize. I uh, I was just looking at something on. Um, from Palestine, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there's a handful of things in Palestine that online they're criticizing Hamas under the hashtag they kidnapped Gaza through the Twitter spaces during the, a rare public protest. Um, uh, while some Gazans on social media are voicing opinions and opposition against Israeli uh, restrictions, uh, many are also attacking Hamas's rule. Uh, the U.S. government designated terrorist, uh, Hamas a terrorist organization and has a de facto governing authority over the Gaza Strip since 2007. Many Gazans are afraid to risk their safety by criticizing Hamas. Protesters have been arrested, tortured, and beaten. Um, but uh, they are starting to uprise there too. So we're, see, you know, just more around the world. It's pretty, pretty interesting that unemployment hit 50 percent during the third quarter of 2021 in Gaza, according to a report from the Palestinian Central Bureau of Statistics. And as we know, for 15 years, both Israel and Egypt uh, have issued blockades on the Gaza Strip in order to try to contain Hamas. So I found that to be uh, pretty interesting. We're kind of seeing the same things over and over everywhere. And it's, um, it feels like it's all by design. Um, Senator Tom Cotton was on the floor today. And speaking of what we've been talking about throughout the show and the fact that the science is not changing and it's really the calendar that's changing. Uh, he had some thoughts on that. Cut eight, G. Roll that. Thankfully, the tides have begun to turn. Sometimes I hear the phrase, the science changed. The science hasn't changed. What's changed is that there's an election coming, and Democrats have seen the polling on this question. Now they're running scared, and they want to pretend that they didn't force your kid to wear a mask for two years. You can see it in states that are run entirely by Democrats. California, New Jersey, New York, the present zone Delaware. Just yesterday, across the river in Virginia, the, Democrat, or the state Senate, to include many Democrats, voted not just to allow parents a choice, but to prohibit mass mandates by local schools. Yeah. Uh, put up that uh, picture, G, of the Virginia cases. When the, when the new governor came in, he lifted the mass mandate. Here's what's happened since he did that. You can see where the mass mandate was ended. And he caught all kinds of flack for it. Well, since then, cases are down 64%. 64%, I believe, is that number of that decline right there. And um, Dr. Lucy McBride, I'm sorry, that's not the one. Uh, Who's the one? Gee, who's the clip of the girl who went on MSNBC? Is it her? Yes, it is her. Cut six. Play a little bit of that. I think we owe our kids a debt of gratitude for putting an undue burden on them for protecting vulnerable adults. You know, this is not March 2020. In in almost March of 2022, we have abundant evidence that 
kids face a much lower risk than adults do with COVID-19. We have widespread availability of life-saving vaccines. People who want to mask, who are at high risk or who just aren't comfortable yet unmasking, which is of course understandable, um, can use a well-fitted KF94, KN95 or N95 mask one-way masking does a good job of protecting the wearer and is not dependent on the behavior of other people. So I'm not saying that we should never mask again. I'm saying we should lift a restriction that's issued by the federal government when kids are suffering from learning loss, from the lack of social connections to their peers. You know, um, Joe was talking about how to make and maintain friendships in the segment before. And one way to do that is to see people's faces, to see smiles on their faces. I mean, kids need to be with one another unrestricted in school. There's yeah. a reason All right, hold why it, the world... we'll, we'll come right back to that. And she's talking to the other devil there. She could be the... Ne- All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. So, again, tomorrow is the big CPI print in the morning, 8.30. We'll get the CPI numbers <clears throat> year over year, month over month. And we'll see what happens as inflation. Um, we doing this here, G? Inflation continues to rise. You've got to consider your financial alternatives. Let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold. Birch Gold's going to be on this show tomorrow night. Talk about how to uh, protect your hard-earned savings. One of the options, of course, is physical gold and silver, and the experts to talk to there are Birch Gold. What a day for them to come on tomorrow. We get the CPI print. They're experts in precious metals. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they give you options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA into a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account, convert it to a gold IRA account. Here's how you get started. Text AMERICA to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free information kit with no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. So get the facts today. Text AMERICA to 989898. Get your free information kit and see how you can get started with Birch Gold. Let them show you how owning gold and silver could help protect your hard-earned savings. 31 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. So this, that, by the way, that internist on MSNBC, you saw at the very end there, we ran out of time, but she was speaking to. If you had to think about evil on, the, on, on par with the governor of New York, Randy Weingartner would be right there. Mob, bo- I'm sorry, union boss of the um, teachers union. It's like Jimmy Hoffa. Who is, um, who is still a full support of, of keeping your kids, well, abused. Yeah, messed up. And, and you know the reason why? Because she, she, she truly believes that, uh, you know, zero COVID transmission <clears throat> is the only way you can unmask your kid. Zero. Yeah. That or stick them with 50 needles right the only way that she would uh, give in to mass is if the vaccination rates uh, have to be you know extremely high I, I think as a matter of fact she said cut 5g 
Roll that. What Dr. McBride just told us about masks not particularly being effective for children. What's the argument against taking off masks in schools? Yeah. Well, the argument is that you have, well, let me just say this. I am in favor of an off-ramp on masks. Right. The real issue becomes, are, is the, is, is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools. And now, see, right, not- there, right there, right there, someone has to say to her, so what are the numbers that you, you're willing to accept? Because I guarantee you she doesn't even know. She doesn't have a ratio in her head of, she doesn't even know. It's got to be, she just drivels on. Actually, I read that she wanted zero. The number she has in her head, and I think I read that earlier today, I forget where, was the number was zero. It had to be zero for her to say, okay, it's safe to unmask your kids. Basically, her IQ. I support an off-ramp, she says. Oh, really? Oh, well, thank thank God for that. You support an off-ramp for our kids. I hope she's standing on an off-ramp. Let's um let's hear the rest of this. Go ahead, G. Teachers transmitting to kids. Um, it's more kids and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. And so the question really becomes, do we have that's why I like what Massachusetts has done because of what they've said is that on a school by school basis, they said if there's eighty percent vaccination rates then those schools can lift the mandates. The issue becomes how do we make sure that the entire community in a school feels safe and welcome? Uh, and I don't think that safe we, space. there's when you get to COVID, there's no no risk. The real issue becomes how do we make sure that everybody feels safe? So if we don't have a mask mandate in school, we gotta en- make sure enough. that enough. kids and teachers enough. God she's evil. Yes. And we just the evil. How is that achievable? That that platitude. How is that achievable? What what? How many cases can she point to where a student infected a teacher? I'll go on. How many she can prove with none? Has, has that been? Have there been a lot of articles about that? Yeah. Have there been yeah. a lot of? Has there been a lot of talk about about teachers not being safe in the classroom? Because the elementary school kids are passing it along? Because I don't believe that's what the doctors and the data says. As a matter of fact, I think the CDC was asked at one point if they could give one example of someone. This was at some point before Omicron, obviously. But they had one example of someone who had gotten it and then gotten it again or passed it along. or Got it from a kid. And a they teacher had, that got it from a kid. It was they a could, FOIA request and it was zero. Right. So just, again, another example of these people. I mean, that's why they go there. I get it. I get what I'm saying is I'm rhetorically answering my own stupid questions. But these people just never get challenged on their nonsense. It is just utter nonsense. They never, these people never jump in. They never, they never get questioned. Because it's an infomercial. The, the, co-host is, the host is there to sell the product. It's just an infomercial. So all it's been for the last 15 years. Everything they're doing is that they're, it's like paying a host to sell your product for you. That's it. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> and there's always the, the, but wait, there's more. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Where they, they offer you more. Hey, we're going to give sign you more. of totalitarianism. Right. Oh, the first thousand callers will get this inoculation. 
But it's wait, there again, you get a sham wow. You get a mask, a sham. Right. It's the same old thing, man. It's just they, they're in cahoots. They have directives. They're part of a plan to sell more product. Not only that, they, they, uh, Damon, they have to be nice to them. They're going to see them later at a cocktail party. You know, these people all mingle there. They're all they're all connected. Come on. You know, oh, wow. It's so strange to have somebody from the media be married to somebody in the administration and vice versa. And then they go to another job. And and wow, that they went from a government job to a TV job. Now they're back in the government. That's so weird. How guess what? We have a nice board seat for you over here at Monsanto. We have a board seat for you over here at Johnson. It's just a never ending revolving door of bureaucrats and liars and, and pitchmen and spokespeople and. It, it, it's, it, won't, it just doesn't stop because yeah. the media has absolutely no accountability anymore. None. And you got Fauci and his wife, who they use separate, they, they use their, their, their own names so, so people don't connect the dots there. But, yep. you know, she, she's just as lopped up as, as he is. You got the Mitch McConnell with his wife, and she sits on boards and gets appointed to things. It's, it's incestuous. That's all it is. Well, that's a good lead into. Um... I, I didn't the, even know if I was going to get to this. Don't tell me you got Hunter's computer. It's hard. <laughs> incestuous it's hard not to. Uh, it's hard not to get to this after that lead-in. This was from PJ Media. Megan Fox, uh, vaccine pusher, Governor Kathy Hochul's daughter-in-law, is top lobbyist for Big Pharma. <laughs> this go. out. Uh, when does this come out? I guess yesterday. Yeah. <clears throat> we see Liz Cheney. Uh... You know, Hunter Biden's problem, like uh, the husband's firm reps the Chinese company that 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 she's been, you know, promoting. It's it doesn't stop. It simply never stops. CNBC. I'm sorry, Rick. Hold on. CNBC reported that Christina Hochul, the unelected governor's daughter-in-law, is the top lobbyist for Biogen. This is actually a little comedic. Biogen doesn't make COVID vaccines, but they are credited for being responsible for one of the first super spreader events of the pandemic. Biogen also had serious issues with their drug that they claim helps Alzheimer's patients. Well, guess what? It doesn't. The fact that horrible Hochul has a member of her own family drawing a big paycheck from Big Pharma for lobbying lawmakers in New York in order to approve and often mandate their products on the population should be a big problem for everyone. Biogen's headquarters is actually located just a few minutes away from Moderna's headquarters in Massachusetts. Yeah. Moderna is one of the major manufacturers of COVID-19 vaccines. How many Moderna lobbyists has Christina Hochul introduced to her mother-in-law? Well, we'll just all have to wonder. So just right to the point of what you guys are saying. Yeah, and how many how many professors and how many scientists at Moderna worked at Yale and Harvard and 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 UMass and all the colleges in that general you know what I mean every, you know they're all connected as well. The only people who ever get funding is when they fund something that fits their long term agenda, like like green energy or, or crack pipes. True, <laughs> but that happens to be a very good study. Yeah, that's I, good I for everybody. And don't forget about uh, Merrick Garland's son-in-law. You know his company. What do they do? Oh, CRT, that's yeah. right? CRT. Yeah, right. that's how weird. How it's Liz all connected, Ch- right? Liz Cheney called on the U.S. to stand up to the generational threat posed by China. Uh, Ch- as Cheney stood on the podium, her husband Philip Perry's law firm was cashing in on legal and lobbying work for his employer Latham and Watkins, one of the largest law firms in the world, doing a host of Chinese companies. 
you know, some of which were involved in the kind of activity that China has warmed that had to be stopped, like including, you know, military, uh, the Chinese military industrial complex, their intelligence services and security arms. You kidding me? It well, just, you can't make this up. I mean, just little things here and there. It's just, I mean, what can you do? <laughs> it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. All right, G, let's do the LOL of the day. Speaking of mass and school and kids, let's see this. Roll it. <laughs> so, obviously, we've all seen the picture. We've all seen the coverage of the picture. Did you make a mistake by taking a photo maskless in the classroom when it appears that everyone else, including all what the children, say, were wearing them? Uh, yes. Yes. I approached the podium with my mask on. I followed the protocols. I told the kids I'm taking my mask off because I'm reading to kids who are listening remotely as well. And we were socially distanced. The kids were socially distanced from me. I told them that's what I was doing. And then the excitement after I finished, because it was so much fun working with those kids, I took a picture. And that was a mistake. And I apologize. Does it concern you that these mask mandates are preventing their teachers from doing that same thing? This is complicated. And we cannot make this about politics or scoring political points. As governor of Georgia, my job will be at that time to look at the science, to look at the situation, and to make the best decision to protect our kids. I thought you already were the governor of Georgia. Yeah, I thought you were running for re-election. Yeah, running for, right. running for re-election. <laughs> right. There's no, there's no election rigging. She was talking about it for a decade. <laughs> decade. Well, good for, um, good for what's her name for picking up on the fact that she said, well, you know, I was reading to kids, so I wanted to take my. You well, that's the point of these kids. Right. We don't want them masking and not hearing and communicating and seeing facial expressions. It's in, in her case, you know what? She she really should cover up that face. I'm just saying. Well, those, those, just, those kids don't, don't need to be know. scared that's like that. Look at those blow. teeth. That's just that's gratuitous a, shot. Yes. That's a Thank low you. blow. For no reason. Where's Lori Lightfoot what we need of? Could right. you bring her still shot back on that? <laughs> yeah, that what about horrible hulkle? I like that. Horrible hulkle. <laughs> hulkle. Those eyebrows. She's a, she's a pip, that hulkle. What was Saki's tweet, G, to Glenn Youngkin that you put in here? Was there something I missed? Is that worth seeing? Hi there, Arlington County parent here. Don't believe you are Glenn Youngkin, but correct me if I'm wrong. Thank you to APS Virginia for standing up for our kids, teachers, administrators, and their safety in the midst of a transmissible variant. Exclusive. Glenn Youngkin saying he will require masks. So that's when he basically said that's when he got rid of the masks? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I showed you what happened since he did that. on a Wednesday night. So um, one last thing I want to cover before we do, some, we'll do a little, well, you want to, what's, what else is going on in the news? You said you had a, another story you want to get to. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to do the Ben Burkwam thing, but like, I just want to, I'll, I'll give, I'll keep this quick. Three quarters of Americans believe defund the police caused violent crime wave. That's according to a new poll. Um, I don't think we needed a poll for this. Yeah, I know. I think we could have probably <laughs> figured it out.
You know, as I said, Politico's morning consult poll Wednesday released the findings that 75% of surveyed Americans said if the funding of the police department is the reason that violent crimes increased in the United States. The survey reports that 49% defunding the police was the major reason uh, for the rise in violence. 26 said it was a minor reason, and only 25% said it's not a reason, and all of them actually did vote for Biden. Okay. Um... Like you said, I don't think we needed the poll, but so gee, throw up my uh, my screen here. So I, I tweeted this before, one of the more fraudulent, phony, deceitful articles you'll ever read. The idea that there's not enough data to show efficacy of IVM early on is laughable. Intellectually dishonest would be an understatement, and that is my opinion of this article that that featured Ben Berkwam because of the, a video he put out when when he was sick, and he was sick. And obviously he's not vaccinated and he had this picture. I don't know if the picture is what got the guy interested in it because he held up and he did a video from his hospital bed holding up the ivermectin. And there's just so many things about this article that um, to me are just just intellectually dishonest. Um. So let's just, just go through it. Just, just before Christmas, right-wing journalists, I'd love to know what the definition now of what, right, what makes you right wing? I'd love to know. Oh, liking liberty but, and um, individualism. Yeah, I, I guess. Support of the Constitution, maybe you're a right winger. But uh, named Ben Berkwam became seriously over COVID. My, so then the quotes from Ben's um, video that he did, scary when you can't breathe, not a fun place. Berkwam told his audience he wasn't vaccinated despite having had childhood asthma, a potentially dangerous underlying condition. Instead, he held up a bottle of the drug ivermectin. Almost all doctors do not recommend taking ivermectin for COVID. Well, where does he get that from? Cite your reference, but, sir. But many individuals on the political right believe that it works. That, that's not true. That's just not a true statement. That's just not a true statement on any level. Almost all doctors do not recommend. That, that is, you can't quantify that statement of almost all doctors. Many individuals on the political right believe that it works. Well, so if you believe Dr. Pierre Corey, who I have no reason to believe is a liar, and I don't think anyone would ever accuse him of being, unless maybe the gentleman who wrote this article might, he says there's members of Congress who secretly have been treated with his protocol, including ivermectin, from both sides of the aisle. Now, I have no proof if that's correct. I can only take his word for it. But, but many individuals on the political right believe that it works. The details revealed in Berkwam's video provide a rare view into the prescription of an unproven COVID-19 therapy. Wow. Who says it's unproven? Wow. This, is a, this won the Nobel Prize for Medicine. Billions of doses have been given for, for parasites, for lice, for other reasons. And there have been... Mult hundreds of studies of it as an um, antiviral and in the use of early treatment for COVID-19. So I don't understand the, again, the, the, it's the choice of words and phrasing in this article that I think are so intellectually dishonest to mislead the, with no backup to just say it's unproven COVID-19 therapy. Data shows what data? 
that prescription for drugs like ivermectin have surged in the pandemic. But patient-doctor confidentiality often obscures exactly who is handing out the drugs. I would even take notice with that because most people who are getting it um, prescribed from a doctor are doing a tele- telehealth uh, meeting with a doctor or going in if they can find one who will prescribe it and, and, are, and are getting these, um, these scripts written. I don't think it's as much of a black market under uh, as as this guy makes it out to be, quite frankly. But that's the way they're trying to sell it. I mean, if you go on the FLCC site, which he references in here in this article, and you look for a doctor who's willing to at least listen to and see if they, they think it will work, there's a list of them public right there on the website. I don't, it's no, there's no secret. Berkwam's testimonial provides na- uh, new and troubling details about a small group of physicians, again, I, I, I disagree with the, the characterization, who are willing uh, to skew the best COVID-19 treatments and provide alternative, again, who, who says that what, what they're bypassing are the best COVID-19 treatments? Again, do we want to talk about the data of vaccines? Oh, well, if you scroll down, you'll see that it's uh, conspiracy theories about vaccine safety and alternative treatments, right? You'll see, you'll see that as you go in this article. Ivermectin is usually prescribed to treat parasitic worms, and the best medical evidence to date shows that it doesn't work against COVID-19. Again, that's not true. Mm. The Food and Drug Administration, National Institute of Health. Now, the, I believe the NIH right now has a study going on. Now, that's not referenced in this article. He doesn't say currently the NIH is actually undertaking a, a study to look at uh, effectiveness of it. Meanwhile, all these other places around the world already have. All discouraged prescribing ivermectin for COVID-19, and many doctors and hospitals will not give it to patients who are seeking treatment. But fueled by conspiracy theories about vaccine safety and alternative treatments, many on the political right incorrectly, incorrectly believe ivermectin is a secret cure-all for COVID. So, you incur- so if you've taken it, along with other early treatments, the McCullough plan, the, Co- the Pierre Corey plan, the Zelenko plan. If you've taken, uh, I just referenced the vitamin D article. If you've done on any of that, all of a sudden now, you are uh, mistakenly, you put that back up, G? Mistakenly believe that it's a secret cure for all. As millions of Americans fell ill with COVID last summer, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention reported ivermectin prescriptions 24 times pandemic level. Um, significant number of these prescriptions come from a small minority of doctors who are willing to write them, often using telemedicine to do so, according to a misinformation researcher at the University of, Wa- University of Washington. Same doctors frequently promote anti-vaccine conspiracy theories. So then he goes into this doctor who um, was, he tries to draw this distinction between this Dr. Cullen He says, has a troubling professional history. She spent most last year under investigation by the state of Alabama, which eventually revoked her medical license in November. Now, was that for prescribing ivermectin? Well, no, no, it was not. No, it was not. It was for something she was doing in some other telemedicine company where she was using the fact that she was a doctor to, um, if I could get past this. She was working with a telemedicine company, was utilizing her medical license to further their ability to generate billable events. Uh, okay. 
What does that have to do? Oh, that's like comparing apples and grapefruits compared to doing telemedicine for someone who's sick with COVID or just found out and wants to try an early treatment. I don't have time to go through the rest of this, but in my opinion, this is one of the more deceiving and purposefully um, poorly written articles I've ever read about it. And the fact that Ben is, is used in it is one thing. By the way, Ben says that this gentleman never reached out, as he says he did, ever. And he says, my phone is on right now if you want to call me for comment. But um, I don't know. I, I just think it was, I, talk about a hit job. It just, I thought it was pretty poorly written. Especially against one of the all-time good guys. Well, you know, he wasn't really, um, it was more of a focus on this, these doctors supposedly like this black market he's trying to draw a conclusion to. Uh, all right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs. Thanks, everybody, on the show. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio 6B. Bye.